Hey, greetings from the year 3000. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Fry, and you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? We're having a, a fantastic night. Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Show. What up? Um, what up? What up? I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me, as always, my good friends, I'm in G and Big Blue. Hi, man. How you doing? Are you drinking with us, Jaime? No. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you having tonight, buddy? Uh, um, I got this um, little bottle called Doughball Do Whiskey. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. Is that like nice. a flavored whiskey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like uh, cookie dough, man. Pretty pretty badass. Really, really. What, what are nice. you combining it with tonight? Um, Dr. Pepper, man. Nice, nice. That sounds like a pretty good combination. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Big Blue, what are you what are you drinking? Right, how are you doing tonight? Are you drinking with us? I'm drinking water tonight, like always. I got to work tonight too. So, oh no! I mean, everybody, you got to do what you got to do. He's got some five star company later, and I'll be uh, consuming a little bit of alcohol with Jaime today. I'm drinking a uh, good old fashioned Bud Light. Uh, <clears throat> so, it's been a week. Last week, we um, since we've done Murder Mystery Mondays, uh, uh, last week we covered the Delphi case, which tomorrow we'll be recovering again. So, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of extension of Murder Mystery Monday um, on to tomorrow as well. And so, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Uh, that way you don't miss that and ring that notification bell. We're going to be going over ronald logan's connection into the case and and what the evidence and what the police have brought out up to this point on richard allen to let us know whether or not he's a lone wolf or if he's part of a wolf pack and so you don't want to miss it we'll be talking about that tomorrow uh but today we're talking about a case a case that happened not too long ago uh, Jaime, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about this case that we'll be talking about today well, this case um, is about a, a female soldier that went missing back in uh, 2020, you know, the, the beginning of the pandemic and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And her name is uh, uh, Vanessa Guillen. Uh -huh. And um, we're going to discuss that today. Hopefully, you know, we get all the details and whatnot. That would make it better. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Now. This happened when? What, what, what month did this happen in 2020? Well, it was in April. April of 2020. So, yeah, that was right at the height of the uh, the pandemic. This case made national news because a, uh, a soldier was missing from Fort Hood, from base, right? Yeah. Now, Fort Hood is a, um, is a base not located too far away from where, where I'm at or where we're at here uh, in San Antonio, Texas. And so... Uh, this kind of well, hit a little close to home, so to speak. Uh, what do you guys remember, you know, back, you know, a couple years ago during this time while the news was breaking out about this case? We'll start off with you, Big Blue. Um, I remember that just like when it first came out, it wasn't really a top story because it wasn't really being investigated by the military. It was more the family trying to find her yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I remember that too. There was what was it? Hashtag what was it? Uh I am um the message. Yeah. Right. And that that kind of being spread apart around everybody being kind of confided into their homes at that time. That really, really kind of got this into the public eye, so to speak, through social media. And I remember seeing that as well, that there was a big um I don't want to say conspiracy, but there was some allegations out there that the um that the military was kind of covering something up. They weren't really, you know, uh, doing their all to find her and things of that nature. It kind of yeah. put a big spotlight on some of the um, actions and, and some of the things that go on behind closed doors in the military. Now, myself and, and Jaime, we both uh, were enlisted in the Army at one point in our lives. Uh, we both went to Fort Jackson, uh, South Carolina, for basic training, which is where... Vanessa went for basic training as well. Isn't that correct? Yeah, she was out there when, oh, she actually, um, right out of high school, she she joined the military, joined the Army, and they sent her out to to Fort Jackson for, um, for her basic training. Nice, nice. And, um, and, and by all, by all accounts, it seemed like she was, that was a career that she wanted to go into. She wanted to be in the military. Um, she was driven by the, by being in the military. And, um, like you said, went right out of high school. Yeah. Um, did her basic training in Fort Jackson and then was assigned to Fort hood and it was active duty Fort hood from 2018 to 2022. Um, she was part of the third cavalry, uh, regiment in Fort hood. What, what else did you find about her? If anything else, Hyman? Uh, that stuck out to her maybe was she in the sports or things of that nature yeah um she was a avid hiker uh runner and she liked soccer and whatnot but and, um also she she like you said she was really adamant about uh joining the military you know and, and serving her country um i remember seeing news and about with her mom and her dad saying that um that in she didn't she didn't uh she didn't kind of didn't want to come back from basic training because she really enjoyed the the challenges and whatnot that the army was giving her in in basic training so she was really really happy um uh, during that basic training but i think everything changed when she got um stationed at fort hood her demeanor and you know her feelings changed now now she was traveling back and forth from fort hood to her home where, yeah. where where was her house? Where where did she live at? Well, she was from Houston, Texas, born and raised. Oh, nice. So that's, nice. that's around three and a half hours from where Fort Hood is at. So she would go home every um, almost every, every weekend. weekend. Yeah. Right, right, right. So this is a picture of Vanessa and her father, Rogelio. Uh, this was obviously taken uh, a couple years back. And, yeah. Um, um, you know, she looks very happy to be in, in uniform. This must have been around the time when she um, came probably from basic training, you know, got her R&R, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. Real sad, sad situation. Um, and so what happens, Hamia? The thing is that she was she was part of the, like you said, the third um, third cab. Mm -hmm. right in her in her platoon in her battalion right now and um she was also um her, her her job was pretty much to repair 
small arms and artillery. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and um, our job was to go and, and and make sure that all the serial numbers also matched to the to the weapons and and whatnot. And she ended up going. That's the day of April twenty second. She ended up reporting for for her station. You know, at her 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 um, station, her workstation at like around ten twenty eight. That was uh that was around the time that she got that that was the time that, that she reported. And then that's the time around that time she said that they said that they they send a uh she sent a, a text message to another of uh, another soldier that was on another motor pool trying to okay. confirm a serial number on a on a on a weapon. And that was supposedly that was her last communication with her phone. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, um, Big Blue, do you do you know anything, or did you in your research and stuff? Did you find out anything particular about Vanessa or this situation up to this point that kind of stood out to you? Um, no, man. Um, I just uh, like all the reports say she wasn't happy at this point because her demeanor demeanor changed um, because. She had um, had some sexual harassment being going on right. incidents to her, so that uh, that changed the way she was, you know. I guess felt about being in the military. So, and mm -hmm. I think uh, where Jaime left off was she was um, she was seen that morning there doing her her duties, and she was, I guess supposedly went to the next. Next room to to do more checks. Yeah, that's the last somebody saw her. So, right, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. So, um, the day, like you guys were saying, the day in question, she sh showed up to work. She was, uh, I believe, she had a um, arranged also uh, to go hiking because I think she was only supposed to work like half a day that day or something like that, right? Yeah, she was supposed yeah. to um, meet up with a friend to go right. hiking. And I believe the friend is, and I got a picture of him right here. Give me one second. Um, there it is. Uh, Tay Hightower. And so this this guy actually put a lot of a lot of clues together, and a mm -hmm. lot of uh, a lot of you know pointed the direction at the would be suspect later on, and so. Uh, this gentleman, Tay, and, and, and Vanessa had arranged to potentially go out and go hiking, depending on the weather. They were texting each other that morning. Yeah. Uh, he, She just kind of disappeared, and he was the first one to notice that she was missing, right? Yeah. And so he, um, she ends up going missing, doesn't return his text messages referencing the hike or whatever, you know, portraying after that. And so he starts trying to go, and with, with the help of a friend of his, uh, go find her and they come back to uh, specialist Aaron Robinson, who was the uh, guy that worked in the armory uh, or the arms room. Uh, he was the last person to have potentially had seen her alive. Yeah. And so, and uh, I hate having to scroll up and down so much, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Uh, here it is. So this is, um, Aaron Robinson, specialist, he was one step above where Vanessa was as far as ranks go. And it's rumored that he potentially was the guy that 
was responsible for the sexual harassment that Vanessa stated that she had been receiving. She mentioned it to her mother in private. Her, I believe it was one of her sisters had found her crying on the bed at one time yeah. while she was at home. And, and so, you know, it was obvious that she wasn't happy there and she was, you know, feeling like courthood wasn't the right spot for her. And she, you know, later told her mom that she was being sexually assaulted by uh, somebody of higher rank. And so. Yeah, but she didn't want to say uh, the name. So, like, they, they don't know who it was. You know what I mean? Well, it may not have mattered to the mom, you know what I mean, when she was talking to her. Yeah. I think the name probably would have mattered had had she reported it to somebody. Yeah. But she, she didn't report it to the military. She didn't report it to, to anyone because. In the military, when you have a complaint or you have uh, an issue, there's a uh, form or a chain of command that has to go in place. And so given the fact that he was above her and above the, uh, you know, I guess his immediate step in command, then there would be a potential for him to you know, interfere with that complaint and or there might be some retaliation due to the complaint being made. And that's what she kind of feared. Um, yeah. I mean, you you and I were both in the military. Did you, did you ever come across a situation where you saw something like somebody being afraid to report something because of the chain of command, um, uh, things of that nature that maybe would be in relation to this case? Um, in When I was in basic training, um, I didn't see... I didn't see nothing like that in that in that manner. You know what I mean? I, what I did see was a lot of fighting, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, and well. that was never reported either. But that's between <laughs> that was between the you know fellow fellow soldiers in the same barracks. You right. know, but like anything like that, like sexual harassment or anything like that, not to that degree, no. No. But yeah. I mean, I know I know there's like you said, there's a chain of command that has to go through certain you know people before it, you know they take. You know involvement in it you know for sure but for uh sure. i don't know i don't know why you know it's hard to to say why she wouldn't report it to higher us even though i guess she was just afraid of the of the backlash maybe well you know from from what i understand and read somewhere it was speculated it was potentially a sergeant which isn't who uh, um, Robinson was. Robinson was a specialist. He was a step below a sergeant. Yeah. And so um, a sergeant would be somebody that she would directly report it to. So it would be like having to report, you know, the incident to the the, the accuser or the, the person that's being accused. Yeah. Uh, however, there wasn't any conf confirmation as to who it was. Uh, so this very well could have been um, um um, Aaron Robinson, who was a specialist, I believe they worked in the next building next to each other. Yeah. She was a private first class. He was a specialist, which is basically what E3 and E4, one step below each other. Mm -hmm. and, and so he, he had somewhat of some rank. Um, Robinson was a guy that had enlisted into the military in, in, in 2017. He was uh, from Illinois and he spent a few months in Iraq before going to uh, Fort Hood. Um, in 2018. Uh, and so, you know, he had some, you know, what sounds like when you read, uh, when we go further, it sounds like he'd had some, he'd seen some battles and yeah. maybe, maybe had some PTSD going on there. Um, but before we go, f you know, too, too far ahead. Uh, so she goes missing the, the 
military is not being cooperative. The family's calling the military and, and they're not doing anything. So they end up showing up, right? Yeah. And, and they're told to come back the next day, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, what did y'all think about that? Like, you know, someone's missing. There's a soldier missing from your barracks. It's one of your teammates. You know, one of you, you know, it's all for one, one for all type of situation. Everybody's brothers and sisters in the army. Yeah. And yet, you know, one of their own is missing and and they're telling the, the family to, to go away. What were your thoughts on that, Big Blue? Um, I thought it was pretty crazy because um, you're there saying, hey, there's something wrong. Um, and they said, you know, the I think I remember this part of the story where they said, oh, the it was like two or three in the morning. So the 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 chief or the commander is already asleep, you know, come back in the morning after eight when he wakes up or yeah. something like that. So, I mean, I understand it was late. I mean, it's like when you try to go to any anywhere, you're like, hey, I want to speak to the manager in the middle of the night. It's like, well, come back after eight. The manager's here at eight in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, when there's a missing person, my, you know, you, yeah. if you were to go to the police department, right, the chief wouldn't be there in the middle of the night, you would still expect the police department to do something, right? Yeah, they would have to take a statement down and, and you know, get a, somebody to at least take the report down. Right, but somebody they, would they, have they, to look into it. Like I said, there, there's also rules. I thought, um, you know, in order to be considered a missing person, you have to be missing for more than 48 hours. So it hadn't been uh, 48 no, that's hours. That's not true, though. That's not true. That's a, that's, that is a uh, big misconception by by uh tv and 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 books and stuff that's not true as soon as somebody is uh, um, believed to have been missing and there's probable cause to believe that there it was something more than them walking off or going on their own then a, a report can be taken uh, what about you Jaime? what did you think about that situation look um i see i see what you're saying um blue like you know that it's 48 hours or not but I mean, like that's civilian. Let's say that's let's say one of us goes missing right now. Like we're adults, and we can do whatever the hell we want, right? Yeah. So there's there's the army is not like that, man. The army is everybody has to be accounted for, man. Every single person, everybody has to do fire watch. I don't know if Danny did fire watch before. I did. You go do the rounds through all the barracks, check who's there, check who's not. Yeah, well, uh, a checklist of what's just how many people are supposed to be there or the ones that are on, on leave and whatnot. And that's the army is really good about that, man. Really good about that. So like when someone goes missing, like they need to investigate right off the bat, man. That's true. That's true. You know, when I was in South Carolina and Fort Jackson, I, that's where I went to basic training as well. There was times, you know, people went legitimately AWOL. They were scared to go to basic or, <laughs> You know, afraid of the physicality that was to come about the uh, the journey that is basic training. Yeah, and, and they took off, and there was action. There was a hey, we got to find these people. We got to you know get them, uh, bring them back, and 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 take care of them, so to speak. Not in a negative way or in a in a bad way. Just like you know, take care of their mental state, take care of their physical state, whatever may have happened. And there was some crazy things that people did in the military when to, to try to get out. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I knew I knew one guy who 
who he just wasn't there stably mentally. And he, uh, <clears throat> we went probably around, well, I went in June. And so we were supposed to be there for a few months. And then his, his AIT or his job, his training was only supposed to be a couple months. So he was expecting to be home by Christmas. When he found out he wasn't because he was held over for a few weeks or, or like a month just because of space, he threw himself down three floors of stairs to break his arms so that he could get sent home. Yeah. And all he, all that ended up doing was they put him in, um, in the hospital barrack and yeah, he, he had to stay there longer. Oh yeah, did, definitely, man. Did you have any of those type of situations back in, back in the, uh, in the day? You know what, man? I did. Um, there was uh, like Fort Jackson's co-ed, so it's males and females. And I remember uh, I was, I think I was in C Company at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing from, from a fellow soldier there um, that a person in Bravo Company, uh, a female, uh, tried to commit suicide, man. Like she, she drank, like, I don't know how much bleach. And then she was trying to kill herself, so they had her. They had her on uh, suicide watch, like twenty four seven. So yeah, there's 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 stuff that people do. Just you know, I mean, they're not mentally stable at the point, and they do these things to try to get out of it. You know? Yeah, dude, it, it's insane. I mean, I, I we had one guy that came in after a while. Also, that was um, he was on suicide watch, and apparently he like he hit another soldier in the head. With a uh, with a tray that you get at Chow, yeah, and then pulled out a razor blade and tried to like screw him up, and they, I guess they detained him or whatever, and he somehow got a hold of another razor blade and cut himself to, to like all over the place, and um, he ended up having to go to a mental hospital for a few like months, and then come back and stay in basic training until he got. Um, released out. He wasn't going forward anymore, but there's still that process of of getting out of the military that he had to go through, and that's at the process that he was when we got there. Yeah. The guy was the guy seemed you know he seemed okay. Um, <laughs> you know, he could kind of tell there was a screw loose or so, but um, you know he didn't seem violent to, to us. But I think it had more to do with him trying to get out. I don't think he wanted to go in. You know, when me and Hyman enlisted in the military, this was like right in the middle of Iraqi freedom and and right in the middle of the Afghanistan war. And so there was a lot of people who enlisted without really, really thinking about the, the, the consequences of enlisting at that time and were frightened to go forward. And it's understandable. It's not for everybody. And and in my opinion, if if you're you're not not mentally suitable to be in that position, then you, you probably shouldn't go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think that's that's the case in this in this uh, with Aaron. I think he he wasn't mentally stable before he left mm-hmm. to to Iraq, and then when he came back, he probably had mental problems and then PTSD, and maybe that was uh that was the cause of all this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it, it could have been. I mean, it, it sure does seem like you know something happened there, but. You know, Robinson, you know, to go back into this story here, um, you know, he was the last person to have an interaction with Vanessa. Yeah. Um, you know, he, um, Tay ends up finding out that that ends up being the case. 
And so he calls him. He calls him like at ten o'clock at night that night, and and Robinson answers and he acts frustrated with the phone call. He acts like uh, he's upset that they called so late and said something about like you know I'm tired of people blowing up my phone, mm-hmm. right? And so he says that he saw her. She went into the arms room, but they didn't talk at all, and, and that was the end. That he she had left, right? Yeah. And so. You know, the uh, the family gets there a little bit after midnight. They cause a big old fuss. And so uh, they start. Well, they have every right. Steam. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't. They, they have every right. Yeah. They start causing a big old scene. That way, more people can get involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it was it was on purpose. It was like they, they try to do it. The, uh, the phone calls, they tried doing everything that they possibly could and it wasn't until and and on multiple occasions not just this one it was multiple occasions where the army just kind of it seemed like they weren't doing anything and it wasn't until the families started to cause a scene and started to get protesters and get people involved the action started to occur right yeah and so the family gets there they start making a scene there and so that's when they decide to do this huge search right uh they do this huge search and, and they really don't they don't they don't find anything right in the first one yeah they no. don't they don't find um they don't find well this is what the army is telling us uh, yeah. they use they use their 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 uh personnel soldiers and staff and whatnot to look yeah. through the barracks and they didn't find they they searched through the armory armory and everything and um <clears throat> sorry and they didn't find anything apparently like it was clean like tip top you know what i mean right and so they the army ends up listing her as a wall. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a like a missing persons protocol at the time. Now, a wall is not that's a that's not a good thing. That's a negative term. That's not missing. That's that's somebody running away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so you know having the, the that that placed on her, that's not that's a derogatory in my opinion, at least a derogatory uh, title to have on somebody, especially in this, at this point, right? Yeah. And so they didn't they find though, um, Vanessa's phone keys and stuff in the arms room. Yeah, they were still there. Um, They didn't, they didn't, it was a, her phone, her ID card. And the keys to her barracks and her white white jeep. Yeah, they were still in her station. Now Robinson was questioned by authorities that day, right? That she went missing, and and his story was that he went and stayed with his girlfriend Cecily Aguilar, mm-hmm. who confirmed that Robinson uh, confirmed that Robinson was with her. Now Cecily is a crazy character in this situation, in this whole story. So Ceci Aguilar went to Fort Hood when um, she was married to another soldier named Keon Aguilar. And in December of 2019, Robinson moved in with the uh, with the Aguilars. Yeah. Uh, Keon, who was married to Cecily. And and at some point they start an affair. Um, the Aguilars separate in February of 2020. However, they're still married and fraternization is like uh, like big negator when it comes to the military like 
you can get kicked out. You can you can actually go to jail for for you know messing around with a married spouse, especially if that person's military or whatnot, right? Yeah. And so they talk to Aguilar. She confirms. Uh, apparently, they pull Aguilar's um, phone records. I mean, ask her about her phone records, right? Yeah. And and it pings that she was by the Leon River that night, right? Mm-hmm. Now I don't remember or know why or whatnot. They didn't carry on on that. Why they just kind of they um when they asked uh, Cecily Aguilar about um about how her her phone was pinging in that certain area, this she said that sometimes. They, her and, and Robinson would take off, you know, and take a drive out so so they could ease her anxiety because she, she suffered from anxiety, apparently. And they would just go out, drive around, stargaze and whatnot. Right. There's one part they are missing. Uh, so I think it was that they did an investigation on, I think, Jackson. And they took his phone records and it showed that he kept calling her number that night. Right. Yeah, that was that was a little bit later when they did that. That was when they pulled Robinson's phone records. Yeah. 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 And so one of the things is that that there wasn't a lot of attention placed on Robinson at this point was because there was two false reports that had came out that were later proven to be false. Not 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 that they were like intentionally false. They were just somebody reported seeing um, Vanessa leaving the arms room. Heading towards her 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 section of the uh, the fort where she worked at, which mm-hmm. was right next door, and then I believe there was another report that she was at um, at check in or something like that at four p.m., but it ended up being incorrect, right? And so yeah. because of those two possibilities, they weren't like gun ho on Robinson right away, uh, but and so well anywho. Um, there was those two reports, and those were the reports that were kind of keeping the eyes away a little bit from him. Uh, what do you call it? About April 26, 2020, the hashtag find, find uh, Vanessa Gillian was put out there, and that's when everything started to really go up, right? Yeah. Um, that's when they started to get a little bit of nori- uh, a little bit of publicity. People started realizing about the case. Uh, still at this point, the family wasn't getting answers, right? They were, um, from what I understand, they were just kind of like, since they weren't military personnel, they weren't, a be, they weren't allowed on the base. They weren't allowed to hand out flyers. They were restricting of talking to anybody of any importance and basically were just shunned outside of the base and left to be out there. And that's when they started to protest again. And, you know, it was about a month later when the protest became, and that's when um, things started to pick up, right? Yeah. On May 18, 2020, uh, authorities questioned two witnesses that say that they saw Robinson carrying a large tough box out of the armory the day Vanessa went missing. Yeah. Like, I think I, I don't think understand those... why it took that long. The what? Well, go ahead, Jaime, you go first. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, when you said that about him taking that, it's a, it's a government-issued um, box, right? And um, so, yeah, and um, I think two people offered to help him, and he refused. That he was, they saw him that he was struggling, you know, trying to pick it up. 
and put it, I guess, in his vehicle. And they offered to help him, and he, he refused. He, he refused to get the help from them. Um, so there's that. Really? Now, here, here's, well, then again, I mean, that's his job is to keep track, I believe, of all the serial numbers. I think mm-hmm. the last text message that went, that supposedly or reportedly that went out yeah. um, was a serial number for a weapon yeah. to Robinson from Aguilar. Uh, and so, you know, the tough box does go missing. Oh, from yeah. Robinson to uh, Vanessa, right? Right, 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 or the other way. Oh, no, Vanessa to Robinson. No, no. no, no. If, if like something were to go missing, mm-hmm. it's not like the military is going to have like a, a record of it right away because he's the one in charge of the records, right? Oh yeah. And so, um, based on that, the 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 two witnesses that came forward and, and talked about Robinson carrying the tough box, which is crazy for me to. I don't understand why it took so many months for them to come forward. Like you would think. That would be kind of important to come forward with, you know what I'm saying, a little bit sooner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But because of that, they the, the authorities go and ask Robinson to question about the situation, and they ask to search his phone, and that's when he agrees. Um, his log showed that he called his Aguilar an unusual amount of times mm-hmm. on the you know between the 23rd and the 24th, uh, the day after or the day of that Vanessa went missing. Yeah. Uh, based on the authorities' interview, uh, oh, sorry about that. So, w- what did y'all think? Like right there, that's pretty suspicious. Now, when they questioned them about the calling back and forth, right? It was um, they stated that it was because um, Aguilar lost her phone, right? Yes, and that they yeah. were trying to find it. However, the times that the phone calls didn't line up. Some of them were for like a minute in length, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't yeah. you find that enough to like be like, hey, we need to, we need to probably detain, yeah, <laughs> Robinson. They needed that little music in the background. It goes, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the like the girl said, um, what's it called? Was it Robinson's? Robinson's um, is it Robinson? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Robinson. Um, his girlfriend said that they, that she had lost her phone. And that's why he kept on calling. But the thing is that some of the times were two, one to three minutes long. And like, you know, I mean, like, how long does it take, you know, to find a phone like that, especially because they were on the phone talking to each other. Right. And that's what she would say, like, because after that log, they would go and interview Aguilar, right? Yeah. And they would ask her about her whereabouts. And, and that's when she said that they couldn't find the phone. And then they, you know, she was interviewed again after that. A third mm-hmm. time, I'm guessing, because the first time was kind of when they got the ping at the Leon River. And and the, that time, she admitted she was lying and stated they went for a long drive to see the stars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so they correlated also Robinson's phones, and they, they, figured out, uh, they figured that Robinson's phone also pinged near a bridge in Belton, Texas, 2 a.m., April 23rd, and then moved along north along the Leon River and remained in the area for two hours that night. Right now, yeah. you have you have this lady who's lying about where she's been. You have this evidence based on both of their of these two people's conversations, stating that uh, that they're one, they're lying about their whereabouts, they're lying about where the phone calls came from, mm-hmm. why the phone calls were there because of the extent of the length of time of the phone calls. You have 
you have these guys, you know, a, a lady who's missing. The last person to see him was this guy. And then I understand they're each, they're each other's alibi. Yeah, they are each other's alibi. And I understand that remains haven't been found, but the alibi is gone once they lied. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. So is, you can't, oh, you know, I wasn't there. I was over here. You can't do that. That doesn't work. You know, the only reason why I guess they're not arrested is because at this point, remains aren't found, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. So in June, this is now the next month, Vanessa's mom um, states out there, I believe on, a, um, on, a, on the news media, uh, mm -hmm. stated that Vanessa was being sexually harassed, but never reported it due to fear of negative action. Or, or you know repercussions that might come out of it and so this kind of sparked up a movement you know as well right because the the fact that she didn't you know feel tr that she could trust her employment to or the military to, to report this right yeah uh, and so weeks go by and then law enforcement finds the remains but this time it's of somebody else, somebody that went missing in August, 2019, somebody named Gregory Morales. Um, what did you guys think about that when y'all heard about that? If, if y'all were aware of it, we'll start off with you, Big Blue. Yeah, um, I thought it was crazy how um, they found these remains and they were able to tie it back to another Fort Hood soldier that had gone missing which was Gregory Morales, you know what I mean? And they I, found I, I, him. They found him along the Leon River as well, right? No. Um, well, he was more like, I'm not sure how close it is to the river, but they found him um, actually in, in a little wooded area behind the subdivision and like behind the church parking lot. It was mm. crazy. Like, it wasn't like in the middle of nowhere. It was like literally houses maybe two or 300 feet away from where they probably found them. Wow. wow. That's crazy that they find someone that's been missing from Fort Hood. And where where was his outcry? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, with him, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like, they said he went AWOL. Mm. And that, uh, that he was a deserter. And nobody went to look for him. Is it is it true that in 2020 there in Fort Hood there was at least 12 people missing? I don't know. I, say, I know there was like 12 people like, that went missing in 2020 in from 20, Fort, Hood? Fort Hood, and oh, I believe I believe three of them were found, which was I think Vanessa, obviously, right, and then that's gonna be Greg uh, Gregory. And there was another soldier that was burnt also in a car, but yeah. they said that that was part of a of a drug deal. I don't know if that, but he was part of the Fort Hoods. I don't know if he was a soldier or he was just a staff member. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That all, yeah, it's 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 crazy because like if they found Greg, this this uh, soldier Gregory was it Flores? No, no, no. Morales. 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 Gregory Morales, they found Gregory Morales on accident, man. That's that's pretty sad that the, the military doesn't take that as a priority when there's somebody missing. You know what I mean? Yeah, they should probably, you know, give some benefit to the soldier before automatically assuming that they just were a deserter or couldn't take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, people enlist 
they uh, they understand the repercussions and the the consequences of what you enlist for and and possibilities of going to war and, and what those consequences could be. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, and I get it. You know, when, when things get real, some people do leave, go away wall and they can't, you know, it's not for them, but that's not the case for everybody. And I think that it should be taken more seriously. Definitely. Um, it, it just seems like at this point, when you look at how many people are still missing or considered a wall and the fact that in 2020, when Vanessa went missing, that the military did not have a protocol for missing people or missing persons, that speaks volumes because it's it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, there's especially said, in a day uh, where where mental health is a big issue. Somebody becoming mentally you know unhealthy and having a episode of some kind or whatnot, you know, due to time in war, time in action, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, those consequences can also be very dangerous, real and disorienting. And, and, and instead of just automatically assuming somebody ran off, they could potentially go find somebody that's needing of help. Exactly. Uh, were you going to say something big blue? Yeah. I was saying, I'm pretty sure it was, they say it because of Gregory's case, but I think it's for because of Gregory and Vanessa, there is a new protocol that they just made. Um, so now if they're missing for more than 48 hours, um, now they, they go into like a missing person kind of report to find out if something happened to them or if they went AWOL. So now there is a protocol instead of just calling them a deserter because what happened with Gregory was he was um, he was put in the books as, as a deserter and as AWOL. So his family lost his, his wife lost all the benefits. She had no no benefits for his, his family. Um, when they finally were able to find out that his body was actually um, considered foul play and they were able to finally have a funeral for him, they, um, they gave him back his rank. They got rid of the AWOL claim and they got um, the benefits back for his children. But they weren't really his children; they were his stepchildren. Ooh. Yeah, what, but it's still, it's still what, his family. What's it called? Did, did that? Did his family file a lawsuit as well? Or you don't know. I I looked it up, and they haven't filed a lawsuit yet because his case is still open. Um, is the the, the Killeen Department Police Department still has it as an open case because it was foul play. But the, some of the stuff in this case, it just seems a little off to me. Because when I was doing a, a little bit of investigation on it, um, supposedly four days after he went missing, his car was found in the in that subdivision and was repoed, was repossessed. But his ex, his uh, wife, never. Boom. Oh, I think we lost his audio. Yeah. What's it going? Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I got it back. Um, so she um, she never reported the car was missing. So they didn't find it till almost like about six months later in Dallas where somebody had already purchased it and somebody had already cleaned it out. Whoa. So the, the Colleen Police Department was able to take it back, but say it had it would have had the fingerprints of the killer in there, they're gone. You know what I mean? Or 
Yeah, or any evidence has been wiped down. Yeah. So just by, by by just by the use of it. Yeah. That's that's crazy that this had to happen. And then it's it's sad, you know what I mean? Because um you got people out there that's missing that have not been found yet. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean it gets even in my opinion, even worse. I mean, you look at this, it goes June twenty first, uh search the this there's a search in Belton, Texas near the Leon River. Mm-hmm. Uh, a burn site with a turf box burnt was found. No remains are found, but um, they found that the burnt box was like three feet into the ground or something like that, the pile. Yeah. Now, knowing what happens later and knowing that, she, that Vanessa was once in there and how she was killed, mm-hmm. you, you think that there would be no evidence that there was a dead body in that burnt box? I don't think it was burnt completely all the way through, right? I'm sure it wasn't, man. Like, if they found it and they knew exactly what it was, then there has to be evidence in there. Right. And yeah. So, go ahead, Blue. I, I saw a report on that um, where they found the lid to the box. Like, the rest was burnt, burnt up. Gotcha. Right? And um, at first, you know, they didn't – they brought supposedly the uh, the cadaver dogs around there, and they couldn't find anything. They just said, "Oh, this is probably where he he burnt the body, threw the body in the river." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so like nine days later, right? This is like over a week, June thirtieth, yeah. one p.m. Partial human, partial human remains are found by construction workers working along a fence near the Leon River. They stated there was a horrible smell in the area. The remains looked to be placed in a concrete-like substance and then buried. It was hair sticking out wildlife it appeared to have dug up the remains you know you had cadaver dogs you had police searching this area and it took construction workers to find it which kind of you know leads me to you know there's two possibilities it's just that much difficult to find somebody especially in such a large area mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean you go look at what happened with uh, gabby petito and brian laundry brian laundry went into the woods and, and capped himself yeah. right and they couldn't find him for a long time. It was, you know, water had risen up. He ended up being in the exact same spot that his father had said that he had went to and would hide it. Yeah. And they found his father went out there, found him within 20, 30 minutes. Something that the police couldn't do in weeks and with cadaver dogs and with a lot of volunteers, volunteers, the whole nine yards. And so it kind of leads you to, to, to understand that maybe. Man, man, these searches really <laughs> maybe aren't the best. They weren't um, the best. They weren't doing their one hundred percent to to, nah, to find. They're 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 probably just looking for something sticking out. They, I, I think the remains were dug up and dug in. Um, you know, there was some crazy. So uh, basically, uh, what ended up happening after that was the authorities go and, and interview Aguilar, right? Yeah. And she confesses to helping dispose the body and that basically tells authorities that Robinson had killed uh, Vanessa, right? Now, while they're interviewing her, they, they, they hold, they hold Robinson in a conference room, right? Mm -hmm. They told him he's, he's being detained, but he's not like, he's not at a, at a prison. He's not under handcuffs. He's not, He's in a conference room being detained by, I believe, two other soldiers, right? I think it was military police. Um, I, don't, I think. I'm not sure. I don't even think it was military police. No. Because it, 
it wasn't um he wasn't being held officially apparently what they told him was that he was being he was being held because he had violated covid protocols oh so then it was like fire guard kind of deal yeah yeah exactly it wasn't military police it was fire guard they had him in in a conference room sitting by himself yeah yeah and so Aguilar admits that Robinson picked her up that night from the gas station where she worked at mm-hmm. and that Aguilar um, Aguilar stated that Robinson had told her that he had killed Robinson or I'm sorry that he had killed a soldier earlier that day with a hammer mm-hmm. in the arms room on Fort Hood property. Aguilar stated that he drove to the bridge near the Leon River and drove them there. Cecily stated that when they got out there was already the tough box there and uh, the one with the wheels and that inside the box was Vanessa's body. She stated that Robinson then Robinson and their, her then dismembered Vanessa's body. They used a hatchet or an ax and a machete. Like she claims in the, um, in her confession that apparently Robinson or Vanessa had seen Robinson's phone and seen the lock screen image of Aguilar yeah, and um, knew that that was somebody that was married and that he was going to report her. And so he hit her in the face with a hammer. Yeah. She, yeah. Um, Rob, Robinson was afraid that Vanessa was going to report him to his superiors and for fraternizing. And uh, she would, he would get demoted or maybe, maybe even kicked out or Whatever action it would take. Um, it's it's hard to tell, man, because his it doesn't sound like a good motivation, a motive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It sounds, it's not. It's real flimsy, you know. I mean, you got to think about it. If he if he was so concerned about somebody finding out that he mm-hmm. was messing around with a married woman, why have the married woman on his lock screen? Exactly. Like, if he was trying to keep it a secret, why have it out there? Right. That and, like, to commit murder, like, the fraternization, like, you know, sexual harassment or potentially, you know, he tried to get a little frisky with her or whatever. She said no, fought back, and things got out of control. That sounds more plausible. That sounds extremely more plausible. Now, I I found the, 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 the warrant for... I believe it was uh, Cecily, mm-hmm. and in the warrant and in the confession statement, uh, or in the warrant, it talks about how how she was hit multiple times in the, with a hammer, yeah, in in the, in the in the in the arms room. Like, how do you not find evidence of that when they go and search as the military? You know, mm-hmm. when the military had that huge search the next day, when the family showed up, was creating that big old scene. Uh, wasn't allowed to be out there. There's supposedly a huge search. They they talk to Robinson. They go search the arms room. Yeah. How do you not find any evidence? I know how. I know exactly how. If you say Dexter. No, no. I, I know exactly how because they weren't looking hard enough. Yeah. That's, 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 that's plain, it's plain and simple like that, man. If they would have looked uh, hard enough, they would have found uh, blood or even... Um, tissue hair or whatever you know what i mean um i think i don't know if i'm, I'm i saw this on a, one of the reports that they did find evidence months after the body was found in the arms room in the arms room well so that tells you that they weren't doing their fucking job 
No, they exactly says they weren't doing their job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel that you, when you're there's splatter and even on how did how did Robinson not get it on his person? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I just uh, I'm pretty sure he probably burnt the burnt whatever he was wearing and then changed. Well, I mean, how do you how do you leave the arms room without being Go, noticed? Like that? Yeah, without being noticed with blood on you and stuff. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Even when somebody's, you know, was it that day or the next day uh, when the witnesses saw him trying to load the tough box? And was that was that, day, a, right? that was the same day. Yeah. So that was right afterwards. They go up to him. They don't see blood on the guy. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. Robinson did clean up the scene, but right, even but if you clean up so good, they're always going to miss something. Well, not even that. It's not. It doesn't. I don't feel like this case. So when you have a crime, there, there's opportunity. There's. Uh, is it is it a crime of opportunity or is this something that was premeditated? premeditated. Things of that nature, I, you know. Premeditated it, yeah. Premeditating the murder says that he would probably take some clothing, things of that nature, with him, change his clothes, stuff yeah, like a, that. He had a plan, right? He had a plan, but I don't feel like this was a, a planned situation, and more as much as it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah. He was alone with her, probably tried to do something other than. Then, then commit a crime with a hammer, mm-hmm. you know, and end up, um, what do you call it? Um, you know, end up getting out of control and, and he ended up losing his mind and, and doing something insane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those situations and in, in a crime of opportunity and not something that's premeditated, there's, there's always going to be some type of like, you know, you, you can't account for it. Even when it's premeditated, most people don't account for everything. That's why they get caught. Exactly. Like you, there's no crime. I mean, from what I've heard, there's not gonna be a crime scene that's you don't leave something behind. You know what I mean? Either right. yours or or the victims. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so Aguilar here said so they they did their best to try to destroy uh, the body of Vanessa. They they stated they burned the body but weren't successful. They put the body in three separate holes and just covered the remains. They left to go get hairnets, gloves, and concrete. Mm-hmm. Went back to do a better job of disposing the body. Then afterwards, once they were already being looked at, once the, the search was commencing, they clearly weren't keeping their eye on these people because on April 26th, Cecily said that her and Robinson went back to the site, dug her up, tried to burn the remains again along with the gloves and hairnets mm-hmm. in the concrete. And then we're able to bury it back up. I mean, they, they went out there a few times to bury up the remains. Um, like I said, while this time Robinson was held in, in confinement. There we go. That was the word I was looking for. He was in confinement in a conference room. Yeah. Soldiers were put on watch to, 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 to watch him. Uh, they were, they had Cecily's phone. And during this time he was texting Cecily things about, um, news articles and then ends up saying something to the effect like they found the pieces baby they found the pieces yeah right um apparently he uh he called his mom told his mom not to believe what she may hear of him and then he escaped right yeah he he takes off gets in his car before they can stop him they don't see him for a couple of hours and 10 miles off base right law enforcement find him walking along the street they walk up to him as they approached him he shot himself all right, completely just dispatched himself, killed himself on the spot. Yeah. 
Uh, Cecily would be charged federally because the murder took place on military ground, so it's an FBI case. So she's being charged federally right now. And her, her case should be going to court here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about her actions and maybe why she did it? Like, if somebody picked you up, like, and I know, I know that's putting a, a hypothetical, not just a hypothetical, but you're putting a, uh, a, a, a mind of sensibility into a mind that's probably insensible. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, if somebody picks you up from work and says that they killed somebody, well, like, you're just going to be like, all right, let's go, let's go dispose the body. <laughs> no way, man. It well, doesn't they, seem like, be like you, you're in your home, bro. Like, well, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stitch on you, bro. The model. We can probably end the neck in the next tough box, though. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. But like, like I just don't understand like how how involved she was. Okay, you know what? I understand. Maybe that night, maybe being under duress, potentially, maybe perhaps the guy had a weapon with him, forced her to to help him. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about afterwards? After she dropped him off and he went back to work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the, uh, your actions after that—that that mean to me that there's probably a little bit more involved in it. Yeah, I think uh, I think she did try to play that card where she said that she was made to do it, that he was holding her at a gunpoint or whatnot or knife point. Right. I'm not be sure, and that she he made her do it. But yet, like you said, there was opportunities. Like if she if he was making her do this. There was opportunities where she could have gotten away because they weren't always together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then to go back a second time, you know, I mean, like by then your conscience would have been like, "Hey, maybe I should do something about it." But no, it was like, "Hey, Disposed I think we got to deal with it." You know the and what I also heard is that there's this um, uh, theory that she did this with him to prove that they can out, like you know last through anything like go through anything together in the relationship like this supposedly i think she put it up for her post on her inst- i think it was instagram i'm not really sure one of those and she put that they can go through all this stuff and they're going to still be together like it makes them more uh they they, they feel more love more joint as a as a as a couple because they're doing it. not not this in specific, specifically but like you know it's just just putting it out there in general but this is days Maybe like a day after. It says people who fight with fire, people who fight fire with fire end up with the ashes of their own integrity. Pretty young thing, pretty eyes and thick thighs, pretty (laughs) in pink, pretty girls, pretty eyes, pretty and petty. And I believe that that she thought that doing this for him would make him like show him that, that she's the, ride or die. Yeah, like that's her ride or die. That they're not gonna that she'll do whatever she wants to do, you know what I mean? That she's she'll do whatever for him. Yeah, well, you know, that makes more sense because like I was saying, you know, how does he leave there without the evidence on him unless it was premeditated? Potentially it was. If if, if that was a scenario where she was aware of the situation and they were gonna potentially go into this as a potential, you know, ride or die, I'm gonna show you my love, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would make more sense of him going pre predetermined and, you know, having clothes available there, knowing that this is going to happen eventually. Yeah. And so yeah. a story where I think they're saying that Vanessa, one of the sexual 
the salsa she she had was like somebody was watching her in the shower, and I believe they said it was him. Mm. So, so uh, you know, what, like, did you, what did you see that, and how would that be? Like, I don't get it. It was in one of the news reports. I think that what, that the lawyer was saying when they were bringing up like this, the sexual assault cases. Um, hmm. That's 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 crazy. Do you think maybe that's why he killed her? That he was he was afraid that she's gonna go rat him out about that. I think that's yeah. quite possible, and maybe perhaps he had it premeditated because she maybe reported him. But, but you he think, thought they were. You think if he premeditated this murder, don't you think she will he will lure her out of the base for, to somewhere like a more discreet location? Yes, more familiar to him. But if he did that, like, why would she trust him to go somewhere else? Or maybe just wait for her or follow her stalker, maybe, and then wait for her. She was at a base, you know, civilian clothes or whatnot. I think she had a lot of friends, bro. I mean, she had those buddies that were going to go with her hiking. Yeah, it could have been like, like, this is just the hypothetical. But but I'm saying, like, maybe when she's like leaving back to Houston, is this a three hour drive? So maybe yeah. he was hoping he'll stop somewhere and he'll take no no. These are all you know hypothetical, yeah, all like, you know, hypothetical stuff. It's just I mean it's possible you know, possible but plausible. I'm not sure. Uh like I said, the sometimes you know, we try to put a rational mind in an irrational person to think that way and, and perhaps maybe this guy thought this was the best opportunity to do something. It could have been well planned out, you know. You know, he was he saw the tough box. He, um, you know, had a plan. Clearly went out, you know, dropped her off in a in a uh, in an area, remote area. Maybe, I mean, it brings up some questions, you know. Yeah, the question that I have is like, if she saw the photo. If I would have seen the photo, I would have like, I would have been like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell." No, so I'm pretty sure either he's he was very paranoid, or he already had something else that she she probably she probably uh, he was probably afraid. You know, if he was one of the, the the people that were that were picking on her, you know, maybe he thought, "Well, that will seal the case." You know, what I mean, maybe she, now she'll do something. To try to get me get rid of me, but it's it's crazy, man. But like you know, maybe like you said, maybe he did think that he was paranoid, and he said this is the best possible way to get away from this, because maybe like you like we said earlier, maybe he had PTSD, you know, all that stuff going on. Maybe he wasn't state mentally stable, and he said maybe this is the best thing I can do to get away from this situation, this trouble that I have. You know what I mean? Now Robinson, I mean not Robinson. Um, Aguilar had stated that <clears throat> that Robinson had fits of like moods and things of that nature. Where he would get upset and things of that nature. Um, and that so, he was that he was. Um, see, I'm going through it right now. Um, this sounds like bipolar, right? Yeah, she said that Robinson would go into moods in which he would not be his normal self. I mean. I don't know. I mean, this situation happened in April. They met in December. Of, you know, they've they've only known each other for like five five months. Yeah. Almost, which, yeah. yeah, almost five months. Almost five months. 
and you know that's that's some craziness that's that that's that 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 goes really far out yeah that goes really far out but um you know any any you know getting a little long on the tooth here guys any any final thoughts on the uh, on the case that anything you want to bring up well, i just i just see it's it just really sad to see that the person um that was um involved in this or the, the the murderer itself you know what i mean they didn't get we didn't get their family um vanessa's family didn't get justice because he you know he offed himself you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um then and it's gonna fall on on his, that guy's girlfriend to take the rap which is you know the same thing man it's accessory she had knowledge of everything that was going on she was not yeah. not a victim so like for someone to to do that they have to also themselves be not mentally stable yeah that's what i think no, i agree no only that agree. but there's a lot of other things that happened there at fort hood you know what i mean besides just this there was mass shooting happenings and there was uh uh the prostitution rings and stuff like that but weren't you yeah. stationed in fort hood yeah that was not me <laughs> were you part of the prostitution ring no how was the prostitute no what's it called um but there's there's a lot of stuff a lot of sketchy stuff that happens that are that are not reported you know what i mean yeah yeah so did you ever see anything out there that was pretty sketchy that man i don't know about that type of situation maybe hazing maybe um, um somebody taking advantage of anybody um, using their rank you know what the, the the weirdest thing about it is like when i was in fort jackson during basic training it was all funny it was fun you know it was fun being there with with your 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 fellow um, warriors, um, warriors, yeah, and uh, but like there was a whole different vibe when when I got to Fort Hood, whole different vibe, not a good one too. It was like man, like you didn't want to be there, you know what I mean? Like there was just this dark, heavy vibe to it, man. That it's just like it just feels like a whole different planet. Did anybody go missing while you were there, or AWOL? Um, not that I know. Of. I, I fell asleep once and uh, I totally got in trouble and I went I went AWOL for like a like three hours. I overslept. <laughs> nah, um, I, they took they took out my 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 tooth. They uh -huh. pulled it out and they gave medication. Man, boom, blacked out. Man, fell asleep. Woke up. I was like, oh shit! They went over there and looking for me. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'm, so I'm telling you, like, they, they, they're, you're missing for a little bit. They'll, they'll go they'll go look for you man they'll go check your barracks or those and sure when, when, when were you in fort oh man you're asking me the wrong question man i don't even know what i did yesterday man oh man um what was it right after basic yeah um well you so was have been like what oh five oh five i want to say oh five oh five yeah and like it was a whole it's a whole different planet, planet there I mean, it's one of the largest uh bases there is there yeah, in no, for sure it's huge, huge. You you can easily get lost in there if you're there by yourself. But like I said, I mean, like when this, when this case came out, what's that big blue? I said I've actually been on base before and and uh, for hood. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah that's where they have the ceremonies when people become citizens. And, oh. uh, my parents went when that. Well, that's the, we went there. Well, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew that. that's cool. That's so. Cool. That's cool. So you were out there, Jaime, for how long were you there? Oh, man. 
You're asking the wrong questions again, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like seven months or something like that. Gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's like a whole different planet, man. Like it's um like I don't wanna say they're unfriendly, <laughs> but they're like they're like stale, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just go and they're like just you know, there's no friendly vibe to anybody out there, man. It's and it's weird. It's a it's a it's a weird place to be when you're you're barely getting there. It's a whole different it's a whole different territory, especially if, when you're coming from like Fort Jackson. Like you know, you have everybody. You have to touch with everybody. Everybody talks to you. Yeah, it's dude. Fort Jackson, Fort Jackson was cool, man. Except for the weather, the weather sucked, but but the yeah. the atmosphere was I. Right, the people there were cool. Yeah. I had a good time. It felt like summer camp. You know, when I went to basic training, but there's a reason why they call it relaxing Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Um, but what about you, Big Blue? Any any final thoughts on this case before we put a put a bow on it? Um, no, I just want to say, you know, um, the Netflix specials coming out. Uh, I want to see that, see what they were able to uncover. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, just my apologies to the family. You know, they lost a a, a beautiful young woman, and He's in heaven, huh? Well, there's that. That's that's uh, Netflix special is coming out this Thursday, right? Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So if you're watching this on the replay after watching the special, please hit that like and subscribe button. If you're with us today, hit that like button. Share the con- content with your friends. You know, we, we have a saying. You know, uh, hit like, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. Um, we're trying to grow the channel. We've, we need a little bit over, uh, 500 subs to hit, to finally hit, you know, our, our 1000, that's our, our next goal. And we just need a few more watch hours to hit our next goal. So that way we can get monetized. If you're interested in donating to the show, you can buy us a beer. The link is in the description under buymecoffeecom slash D Turkey. It's in the link. Just hit that. You can buy us a beer to help promote the show and help goes to um, to us buying us our, our beverages. So we would greatly appreciate it. If you have comments or questions for the show or topics for the show or, or perhaps maybe a case you would like us to look into, email us at drunkturkeyshow at gmail.com. Don't forget, guys, if you live in Texas and you're interested in solar, you can uh, always call us uh, Solarverse Event Solutions at 726-202-4054. And can text us as well. And also our, our friends and family in Del Rio, or if you're traveling to Del Rio and you're going through and you want some great pizza, make sure you hit Blue's Wood Fire Pizza. Get a 10% discount when you order on their their app. It's uh, use promo code DTurkey. Um, sure, yes, sir. With that being said, any any last any last words, guys? No, I'm good. Everybody have a good night. Take care. Peace out. With that being said, Hyman, take us out. Everybody be careful out there. Don't go missing because if the military is out there looking for you, they ain't going to do a good job. (laughs) Amen to that. See (laughs) y'all later.